This is Bob Rourke with Business Leaders Podcast. And today we're so fortunate to have Carrie Crandom. She is the founder of Woman, Women and Mergers and Acquisition Network on the show today. Yes. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Well, tell us a little bit about Woman, who you serve and what you do. Absolutely. So Woman is an acronym, just as you mentioned, it's Women of Mergers and Acquisitions Network. And our mission at Woman is to enrich the lives of women who work in mergers and acquisitions through our three pillars, and that's information, connection, and service. Just like the name implies, you do have to qualify to become a member of Woman. You have to be or identify being a woman, and you have to work in or be affiliated with mergers and acquisitions in some form or fashion within your work. We launched in January of 2017, so we are, what does that make us, 19 months old. And I think about that, first off, for the young ladies and women that are listening, and maybe they're not going, well, I don't know if I'm in that industry or not. Expand on the folks that are in your group. Fantastic question. And again, all of this is found on the website. I try to do a really great job of it. Okay, and the website is? Right now, it is womancolorado.com. Okay. And as we're expanding and growing into other markets, we're actually in the process of figuring out an international domain that we Mm -hmm. can plug into that. But right now, that's where you can go. So the categories that we have of women, it is very broad and it is very diverse, which is definitely a great thing for us. So the first category we have are corporate women. That's anywhere from a woman business owner who is acquiring companies or the one that has started a business and knows that she wants to exit it and wants to stay informed and connected to the M&A community. And a lot of the other middle corporate category that we have are a lot of the general counsel, corporate dev team, that sort. What if it's a woman that's sold a business lately? Would they be qualified to be in your group? Potentially, depending on what their role is. Yeah, if they were the CEO, founder of the business, and they sold it. Absolutely. And then they would want to stay involved and connected to the community, for sure. And if you're a corporate officer in a company... But let's say you're the COO or the CEO of a publicly traded firm. Would that be somebody that would be qualified to be in your group? We have a few CEO members or COO and CEO members as well. All right. Those companies are right now in the acquisition phase. So there's relevancy there. But Mm -hmm. even if they weren't, it's basically a great group of women in a male dominated industry Mm -hmm. that come together every month. And we're building this great community so that we can share amongst each other and we can also enrich our lives through some sort of personal growth or professional growth and through service. So you guys meet up and I think you have a presentation or meet up really soon. We have an event tonight. (laughs) Woman Connect at 3.30 today. And by the time this airs, it will have been in the past. Exactly. But if somebody's going, I don't know whether I should go or not. And if they're not a member, what do they do to show up at one of your events? That's another great question. So We cap our membership to 100 of the best in each market. Every member has the ability to invite one qualified guest. Mm -hmm. And that guest can then attend. And if that guest is very connected and feels like this is my tribe, this is a community that I really like, they can then apply for membership. And we analyze it every year to figure out how do we maintain balance, Mm -hmm. first and foremost. Who are the right people there? So the right person there, for me, my definition of it is a woman who really has that sense of they're authentic, they're successful at their work, but they really want to have that connection with their other women peers in mergers and acquisition to balance it out and to build those more authentic, deeper relationships and contribute, be able to share a lot of their intelligence and their expertise and experience with the group. 
someone that's going to be connected, someone that's going to put as much into it and get as much out of it. That's really who we want to attract. To circle back a little bit and folks go, what did you do in the mergers and acquisition space that gives you this insight to start this group? So let's talk a little bit about... On my past. Sure. So I started in, I kind of fell into this happenstance, but I was hired with a local broker and the whole thought process was specialize. So I had to find a specialty vertical that I wanted to focus in. And so I was initially hired on to do public company DNO in Denver, Colorado. I had a list of 73 that I could call upon. And I said, DNO for the folks that don't know what DNO is. <laughs> oh, directors and officers. Okay. And I laughed and I said, well, what do you want me to do after next week? Because <laughs> there's not a lot here. And they were like, well, we hired you based on you and find a vertical. So anyway, I basically had some friends that were in private equity and mergers and acquisitions was always just this sexy, really cool industry that I wanted to know more about. And so I found a niche within an organization in a blue ocean that we started in risk management insurance due diligence practice within an insurance broker. And so we were calling on private equity firms when they were acquiring companies that we would go in before they actually acquired them to do all of their risk management. It was very much in Denver. It was something that they just checked off, but never really did a deep dive. Mm -hmm. So there was a win-win situation there. They knew that they could come to me and my trusted team to go in there, fully analyze it and give them a report before that they could be strengthened on that. And so to expand on risk management, let's say I'm the business that you walked into. Mm-hmm. All right. And I'm going like, please help me with my risk management. What are the things that you would do and what would you look at? The full gamut of it. So anywhere from the executive liability to the employee benefits, to the retirement plans, to the key man insurance, all of that. Buy, gamut. sell and all that stuff. Exactly. As well. Buy, sell agreements, all of that. Yep. So we would go in and do that as a team. And so that had to be of interest quite a bit. I loved it at the start. Loved it. Not only did I take it from a non-existent to one of the top performing verticals within that company in 2008, which is a feat in itself, it was just really great project focus. I got to dive in hot and heavy into these deals, learn a lot, and then I was on to the next one. So someone who I self-diagnosed myself having career ADD or bored easily, it was a great environment for me to thrive. And if you were to look back and over the companies that you did the deep dive on, Mm -hmm. if you were to say the top two or three things that they were missing, what comes to your mind? One, pulling back the curtain, right? And actually taking a look and analyzing the impact that some of these decisions and or challenges have faced. Another one that was really interesting was taking one platform company and then doing four bolt-ons in less than 18 months. Mm -hmm. And how do all those pieces fit together and how do you integrate it? That was a learning curve and that was an exciting time. Although probably when I was in it, I wouldn't have used those words. (laughs) My clients were the private equity firms and making sure that they understood from my element of what they were doing in the deal was lock solid, that we were doing the best that we can so that they were comfortable moving forward with that transaction. You know, for the business owner that's listening and he goes, we need somebody to come do that and take a look because we think that we're going to be getting ready to exit our business at some point. The proactive? Yeah. So what type of resource would they look for in their local market that might have that skill set in your mind? Well, hopefully they're already aligned with a broker that can do that work for them and that's trusted. And if not, always go out there and get a second set of eyes from a different perspective on it. I think most of the investment bankers I've encountered have taken a more proactive approach to better prepare that element, just that little tiny piece. I think most deals, they're focusing on the finance piece, the numbers, Mm -hmm. right? 
depending on how long we have, I could go in and on and on and on about culture and the integration and then what really makes them successful. But from my little sliver in that, it was just to focus on that one piece and to make sure my clients, the private equity firms, were buying companies and very aware of that risk element. Well, you know, and part of the reason is to paint the picture for the listener of your experience and exposure to the marketplace. And then to go to the next step is when you put your events together like tonight and you're trying to change or add to the inventory of experience for your members. What types of things do you take in and do in your get-togethers with your organization to help the members? That's actually kind of even taking a step back, putting aside my past on there within woman. It's a very different feel. I'm still serving the community of women that work in M&A, but it's completely different of what I'm doing. And that was really a factor of getting aligned with who I am and what I'm here to do on this planet in this lifetime and then doing something about it. And so our events are very different. Again, we have three pillars, inform, connect, and serve. And if you think of it from a holistic, it's the head, the heart, and the hands. And so all of our events each month, we alternate between those, and they're very different. Our inform meetings are probably what everyone else is most used to. You're going, and you're learning, and you're being educated on hot topics and industry perspectives that are going to help you be better or more informed in your work within mergers and acquisition panel presentations, talking to women who have sold their businesses and what maybe intricacies they've had during certain deals and being a woman from their perspective, how that valued. Our connect events are very different. That's what we have tonight. And that's all about the heart. That's how do we form deeper, more authentic relationships, not only with each other, but within ourselves. And we do that through personal development. And this is where I think woman really has a unique perspective because my guess is, and I'm generalizing, most women have had to fight the fight to get to where they are. And to pretty much embrace more of a masculine approach, right? They're being inauthentic just to advance. Well, I firmly believe, and what I'm trying to do is expose these women to other things to personally develop their true authentic selves, because there are gifts that women bring to the table that are unique. Not that they're better, they're just different. And more and more, they're being come and valued. So this is a platform that we can do to bring in certain things. Like tonight is all about neuro-linguistic programming, NLP. How do you change your mindset when you're a woman walking into a boardroom full of men to get to the objective and the results that you want? And so it's really cool, interesting techniques that you can do on this that we bring to the table. And then our third component, our pillar is service. And that is where we come together as a group and we go out to various nonprofits and charities in the community and use our hands to serve. Because I also firmly believe in creating this company. When I gave back, it enriched my life so much more. But what I found was, as a woman running a successful business unit, I never had the time. And when I finally had the time, I was overwhelmed with, how do I serve? How do I give back? And then I would waste all that extra time that I had trying to identify something. So within woman, I said, I'm making it mindless. All you have to do is show up at this date and time, and this is who we're serving. And so it's been great. And for the folks that go, you know, we would love to have a woman come and help them out with a project. How do they take and reach out to you guys to see if... The help that they need is something that you guys do. So we have an executive steering committee. And an executive steering committee is a group of eight women, two women from each vertical or categories. Again, corporate, private equity, investment banking, and professional service providers. And that team really spends that year focusing on what we do to populate those events. And so when you apply to become a member of Woman, you fill out an online application And it tells you, there's one of the questions that says, in relation to nonprofit or charity work, tell us what you choose to support and why you choose to support that and how do you support it, whether it's time, talent, or treasure. And so we take all of this data and put it in, and then we take that at the executive steering committee 
and find these common threads and choose that as the theme for service or for connection or for information. It's amazing. So you started, was it 18 months? 19 months. 19 months. <laughs> and so you, you had this mad idea. says, I'm going to do this. I'm going to change the planet starting here. <laughs> starting here. Starting here. I'm going to put my stake right here. Exactly. I took the low-hanging fruit. <laughs> and so you think about that and reflecting back, when you went home and you said to your spouse, I'm going to change the planet and I'm starting this way, mm-hmm. what was that thought process like for you? Mm, that was a culmination of about three years of me asking and diving into the curious question of who am I? And so once I tasted that authentic nature of who am I and what is this lifetime all about and how I want to make an impact, pieces just started falling into place. And I felt the discomfort within myself being very successful financially and loving what I did, but just that, what was I missing? What was I missing? And then having the courage as ideas would come in to take action on those. And so I would say woman in some form or fashion has been percolating in my mind for three years. And I asked the universe to say, send me a sign so that it's non-negotiable, right? It's clear. And that is my boom. You are now exiting this former life and entering into this new life that you have the vision for. And so that happened. My company was acquired and I woke up at 5 a.m. My phone just bam, 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 exploding. And I read that we were acquired, and I knew right then and there that that was my sign. Well, you know, I think about many folks are very interested in the why. Why do people do what they do? What causes them Mm. to step off and pursue? In particular, I think, when you have some level of success, and you go, it's not enough. You kind of get to the point, you go, well, it's not about the money anymore. Right. What is your currency? My currency switched from money to time. mm -hmm. I had all the money that I needed and abundantly in there and blessed. And I'm grateful for that. But time was what I felt. I didn't have enough time in the day. I didn't have enough time. And I have two young children now. And I see how fast they grow up. And it's like, damn it, time is my currency. Yeah, I tell you, you look at your kids. Right. And you see, Mm. you see world through a different lens. And consciously changing that currency from money to time to make a positive impact. That was my driving force. You know, there's going to be a population of women that are listening to this that are going to say, I'd like to have this in my community. And so in looking at that, there was a time frame between idea formation and then execution. putting the execution. What was the time frame and how many folks did you have sign up in the very beginning? Myself and about seven other women, we had what's called a focus group. And we sat down and we're like, this is missing in our community. And I'm raising my hand and I'm going to lead the charge. But ladies, I need your help. And so we reached out, it was, I think it was September from that, let's say 10 women, cause there was some outside. So those 10 women, we all reached out to our networks and said, Hey, we're going to have a kickoff event and we're going to share with you the concept of what we want to do, but we need to make sure that y'all are in and is this something that we want to do? So we held that kickoff event in September and my goodness, more people showed up than I even knew were women in mergers and acquisition in Denver. And they all were like, magnetic to it, wanted to get going. How can we support you? How can we grow this? And we grew, I don't want to say effortlessly because there was a lot of effort, but we grew in flow and with ease to just a little over 80 members in that first year, which was insane for me. Yeah, that's a fast move. That proved to me that not only was this concept important, that people valued it and that there were more people than I even imagined that were attracted to it. 
So that was enough fuel in my fire to keep it going and commit to it till next year. And now how do we tweak it? How do we make it better? Were you surprised at the need? Absolutely. Well, you know what? I say that absolutely. I think I knew there was a hunger and there was a need and there was a space that there was a void that I could help fill. But I think the attraction and how fast it happened was very shocking to me. So I'm in another marketplace where you're not at. Yes. And I want to take and pursue setting this up. So what are the steps that that woman would need to take to pursue this? Absolutely. So first and foremost, reach out to me. Share the reason why you might want woman. And we've actually been fielding calls and emails of that because there have been at least five other cities that have reached out to me to say, hey, what's going on? What are your intentions with this? Or, hey, how do we get woman in Minneapolis? We're building the playbook and the criteria. And so we're actively working on that between now and the end of the year. My hope is if we're talking again in January, that we have the playbook done, we have the criteria set, we have identified the five national partners that want to help us roll out from a financial standpoint, and we're rocking and rolling and we're growing. And then if I were to really carry that on to three years, I want to say we're at least in five other markets in three years, maybe even more. I mean, I don't know. I'm open to being surprised. But the first step is share your interest. The second step is, is we'll have dialogue and we'll work with that so that we can help position and make it a wild success to roll it. Obviously, there are going to be certain criteria that you're going to need. But I think with the model that we used here in Denver could certainly translate into other markets. When you have some of your meetings and the women are leaving and there's typically some buzz or commentary that goes on as they're going out the door, what do you think the key takeaways on a positive standpoint are from the women that come to these things? Uh. Yeah, it's a multitude. One, I judge it by a success is, did I see people connecting? Did I see smiles on their faces? I would say for me, my success is, did I leave with some sort of source of inspiration? Was I either inspired or inspiring for someone else? And that's my barometer of success. Now, I know every single person's going to have something different. Someone might come in or, my God, I had a challenge and I met a woman that actually was able to help and support me. That could be her win. Another one would be like, I really just needed to decompress and have a glass of wine with my peers because holy cow, this deal is killing me. Maybe that's a success. There's a multitude of different things, but I think we created this space to have a community of women that know each other and get each other, but diverse enough that we can all share and better and enrich our lives. And we've all been to the meetings where you go, well, how do you connect? And you go, it's challenging to connect. Do you guys do anything in particular to facilitate the connection? At the events uh-huh. or outside of the events? At the events. At the events. Certainly. So we structure them I and every event's different. So mm-hmm. I'll just use connect because that's what we're having today. We come together and about the first half an hour, we just settle in, get in our space, connect. And then we start the meeting and that's me. And I'll just talk about the updates and such and talk about the next event that's going on there. And then we really take time to be present We turn off our phones and I walk us through at the Connect events, a meditation, Mm -hmm. a five minute stillness practice to breathe deep, create the space, let go of the past, let go of the future and be here now. And I think that is very powerful as you move into the next presentation. And as you're in the front of the group and you go through this exercise, what's the most obvious thing that you note after the meditation period? Well, for me, at some points, I'll get head-to-toe goosebumps. Every cell in my body wakes up, which means presence is there for me. And when I look around, it's just this calm, relaxed. It's, it's just, I can't even put words to mm-hmm. it. It's just this 
space that is created. But it's not something I've created. It's something we've collectively created. And so that is magical for me. These are the gifts that I get every month. So as much as woman is for them, I get so much out of this that it's like, it's what is my life is about at this moment. Well, you know, and for the folks that can't see, ones that are listening, I'm watching you get worked up about this. I think about the resonation of the event and collective wisdom of the crowd, for lack of a better term. Yes. You know, and you see that, and within the network, clearly there's a need for collaboration among many disciplines. Clearly there's a need in the M&A space and private equity space to deal with the business owner and serve their needs as well. So I applaud you for this effort and your growth and success. And, Thank you. And this evening's upcoming <laughs> events. Like I share, I had an idea and I had the courage to put it into action. I've birthed this business into the world. Mm-hmm. And I've got her to walking. And this girl wants to run. Mm -hmm. She wants to sprint. And so I've done my part in what it is. And now I'm really looking to build a community that can take her to the next level. And I don't want to do this alone. And so I'm hopefully attracting and being very purposeful, bringing the right people in, though, that can take it to the next level. Because I firmly believe this movement, this thing that we're creating can touch so many more lives, not only in this country, but in the world. So for the women that may be listening, yes, if you're remotely interested, the worst thing you can do is not reach out. Oh, And yes. you can find Carrie on her website and explore. Make the call. Yes. What's the risk? There is no risk. No, just for not taking action. Yep, I guess, right? Is, that's exactly. Opting out. <laughs> that is the risk. <laughs> exactly so. Well, we're going to shift gears a little bit. Sure. And talk about a couple of other things. For you, and looking back over your career. If you were to point to a book or a publication that you read that's really changed your opinion or outlook, has one come to mind that's a favorite for you? Oof, a multitude. If I break it down into just the business aspect, well, a book I'm reading now, just because I'm present, is called Your Life, Your Legacy. And it's an entrepreneur's guide of understanding who you are and how you're meant to matter and the legacy that you leave. And man, I read that and my head, it's a good feeling, right? Like I'm grounded, but I, my head's exploding. <laughs> So that's, that's so one I would do. list So right much now. to do. So much to do. And you know, there's another one, Whitney Walpole, who's a local Denver and a really great friend and mentor and beautiful person. She published a book called The Sweet Spot. It's literally the, her work that she's done in identifying who you are authentically and how you're meant to matter. And I would say that's the book that kickstarted all of this. She's to blame. She is to she blame. She is to blame. <laughs> you know, looking back over the numerous endeavors that you've taken in the past to get here, There may have been a failure somewhere along the way. Can you look back at one of those points where you had a failure, but it basically set the platform for you to succeed later? Bob, uh, I struggle with the word failure. We talked about that. (laughs) We did talk about that. So let's say it's not a failure, but the outcome wasn't the desire. As what I expected. Yes. Yes. To me, every opportunity, every moment in life is a learning opportunity, and it's just having the connection there to it. Okay, so a failure. I guess maybe changing my perspective of the word failure is what set me up for every single thing that happens has an intention. And it's whether or not I'm awake enough to connect to what happened here, how do I feel, how is that feeling resonating, and what is the impact from this point forward that I want? So the word failure in itself, by me changing what the definition of failure is and allowing that to reverberate with inside of me, then itself. So let's say, you know, the outcome Mm -hmm. was not what I desired. Do you go through a process mentally? What caused it? What were the factors? What am I going to do different? 
Do you do that kind of thought process when that happens to you? I do, and it's all internal. And then after I internalize it, I share it with somebody over a glass of wine or a coffee. But the process that I have right now in this moment is, wow, I'm triggered. What's here for me? How am I feeling? Where is that in my body? Oh, it's there. Oh, it's fear. Fear. Okay, fear's here. What is this fear here for? And I try to just diagnose it and just be like, okay, so I'm scared of this. Mm -hmm. And what does that mean? And is that what I consciously want to choose moving forward? Or can I take what scared me or what was fear and use that then as my energy source to make a different outcome for the future? That's my process. For many folks, they get stuck in the spot. Trust me, I get in it. It's mm -hmm. not a quick process. But, you know, and it's a learned event mm -hmm. to figure out what's on the other side of fear. Yeah, love. There are two things in this world, fear and love. You know, just and you <laughs> know, look at this. So you get done. And for many, how can I profit from the experience in learning or otherwise? And everybody, not everybody, but there's many different ways. And so that is your way that plays through. If you're out there making an impact in the local community and you could put an ad on page one of the paper sharing the message of woman, mm. what would it say and why? <laughs> and this is in the future, right? Because I'm kind of embracing into that one. It was, here is woman, feel her roar. <laughs> Maybe right. That's what the title would be. And I think under that would be, We've just grown and expanded and we've really built this amazing community, not only in the United States, but within the world. And we gather together and we are embracing what it is to be a woman in this industry and the value that we bring. And we are heard and we are seen and we are valued for the unique qualities that we present in this niche. So you've been effectively had the meetings for a year mm -hmm. or plus. Yeah. And... Are you getting feedback from the members saying the things that I picked up in the organization really helped me? Yes. I get love notes in the mail. And if you would have told me that I exchanged my abundant paycheck for love notes in the mail, I would take the love notes mm -hmm. every single time. What do you think the top? Um, oh, like um, what impact we've made? Yeah. What do yeah. you think that is for the women? We have probably resulted in making connections for people to find their next journey that was in more alignment to their true self. Mm -hmm. We have helped women get a paid board seat because someone heard of woman, did a Google search and reached out to me because they wanted a woman on their board and a woman that had M&A experience. And so this person found us through and we actually placed one of our members in that seat. We have inspired a woman to leave her corporate job and start a business more aligned with who she is and the impact she wants to make on the world. It's you, endless. You know, you know, and you know what? This is an invitation because I know there's more than what I know of. And so I'm really inviting our members and the people that we connect with share with me because this is the fuel of my fire. When I get these things and I get these love notes, it just drives me further to make it bigger. You know, success breeds success. Mm. And as you see other folks, you know, it gives them the courage to take the step. Mm. What's next? What's yeah. next? And I think that's a key component to the value, for lack of a better term, for what you guys are doing. Yeah. Looking over the time for women, and you allocated your time to get this done. Yes. What do you think the best return on allocation of your time was in pursuing the mm. success of women? I feel like I'm sounding like a repeat on here, but it is that impact, that source of inspiration. If you take the O in woman, have you looked at it? Do you know what it is? Mm -hmm. It's a ripple effect. It's one drop that spreads out. And if a result from my actions and courage to launch this organization into the world has impacted even one life for a person to step into their truth and their true calling within this lifetime, 
mission accomplished. So when you look back, and there's another organizer that's wanting to do this in their community, Mm -hmm. and you go, there was a key component of what I put together that really caused this to happen. Mm. You know, what was it? Was it the board? Was it the advisory group? What do you think that key tipping point was? Someone who desires to build a community or create a space within their community that's driving impact, that's driving positive influence. So you got to have that fire. Got to have that fire. I want more carries in the world. I want not me, but what I hold in the vision that I have. I want to find more of those in other communities and give them the tools necessary to go create their splash, to make their ripple. So if I was to ask your friends and they said the most unusual habit that you have or what others may consider out of the ordinary that's helped you get woman off the ground. Why am I weird? <laughs> well, I was being polite. Uh, that's a great question. It's probably better served for my peers around me. Um, I think, why am I weird? I don't know. Maybe because I'm not willing to go with the status quo. Maybe I embrace that quirkiness to say what's on my mind. And I don't necessarily, I don't want to say I don't care, but... I don't care. If something needs to be said, something is going to be said for me. And how that's what I have control over. And how you react to that is none of my thing. Maybe that's what's weird about me. Because I think a lot of people are like, I can't believe you just said that. Candor sometimes <laughs> is not highly appreciated. Yeah. And I guess it's the intent too, where maybe I'm different. I don't say things to hurt someone. I say things because I see something. And if I say something and somebody gets hurt by something that I say, my intention was never to hurt you. But maybe my intention was for you to see something from my perspective and allow you to grow. Now, what you choose to do with that... Different set of eyes. Different set of eyes. So I'm weird, and I'm okay with it. (laughs) (laughs) I embrace my weirdness. You know, over the past 19 months or so, what protocol do you think that you put inside of this organization that's impacted its trajectory? Mm, It's not me. It's the people that I've chose to line with. And giving them the space to be able to put their input and put their mark on it as well. And us collectively embracing the mission. Do you think that first board that you put together, the advisory or steering committee? Yes. Do you think that was a key component of what you were doing? Huge. And I'll tell you what, in the beginning, and this is what I've learned as becoming an entrepreneur in the entrepreneur world, it's freaking lonely. I know myself enough that I'm 80% social, 20% individual, right? Like I thrive when I'm in the company of others. And by starting this business and doing this, I was in my office on the computer doing a lot of things. And I would be like, ah, too alone. So by forming these committees and allowing that space for them to share and us to work together in camaraderie has just moved the needle. And now I'm in the process of forming the Growth Council, an advisory board, as we grow and expand and inviting others to come in that I see a skill set that I'm like, oh, I don't have that, but I want that and inviting them in to come in. This will be the next trajectory. Cool. We're going to have to have like, instead of a 180, it's going to be a 360. Sure. <laughs> Typical loop. Yeah. You know, for you in looking out and there's a new woman in some other location that wants to put woman into their location. What advice would you offer to her as a first time organizer of woman in their community? Take stock of your network, especially women that are in your network. I would say be aware of what you want and why you want it and who you are. And when you can answer those to me or the committee or whomever else, and I f- we feel like it's the right thing or there's synergies there, we're going to give you every tool necessary to succeed. And we'll be there. I'll be there personally by your side to launch it. And I'm so excited about that. Like 
that is kind of my evolution within this. Taking an idea, having a vision, having the courage to launch it, putting the right team in place. Now she wants to grow. I don't know if my qualities are best served in the growth and expansion, but I do know my qualities are best served in inspiring those that are going to do it. Gotta know what you're good at. (laughs) We'll see, right? (laughs) To be determined. You know, for you, if people were to think, what's a common misconception about you running women as an organization? Because, you know, a lot of folks have the notion about people that organize businesses or CEOs that they know everything. Oh, I don't know everything. It's a common misconception. Yeah. I would hope my peers and constituents don't think I know everything because if I don't, I'm going on record. I don't know everything. (laughs) (laughs) You know, looking back over the past 19 months, what would or should you have said no to? Ooh, I'm kind of going through it right now, so it's a little too fresh. But taking my eyes off the prize. I am a growth junkie, self-admittedly. And when opportunities come in, especially when I'm inspired, it is extremely hard for me to say no. It is extremely hard for me to not pivot or turn. And I have, I would say in any given week, at least three. And it's very hard for me to stay grounded and honor that. I'm still going through the process. You're one of those, by the way. You know that, right? (laughs) Instigator. so (laughs) you're an instigator. And so maybe that's what they say is, oh, Carrie, she's so inspired. And then she'll just go down this path. I'm working through that of staying in the now and honoring what can be and making sure I feed the right channels. Got to dance with the one that brought you to the dance. For you, as you get organized for your day and running this organization, Mm -hmm. what type of personal self-talk do you use through the course of the day to keep you focused and present for a woman? Uh, it's changing and it's evolving. But in the beginning, it was meet with two shining souls a day. That was literally the one thing I attribute to the growth and success early on with women. I didn't care who you were and what. I had a set calendar and I wanted to connect with two shining souls a day. And it was insane who I was connected to and why. I would go into coffee meetings like, I don't know why we're here other than such and such said we should meet. Tell me about yourself. Do you know what I'm saying? Like that was so incredibly powerful for me. I have fallen off that practice and now I feel what's driving me now. What's driving me now is the clarity, building that playbook. So when I give some of my time and energy to building that playbook and still connecting with people and then being intentional about those connections, instead of just any two shining souls, now it's maybe two shining souls that are connected to the mission of woman and how can they impact and drive us further? Maybe that's my new one. So thanks for that. If you were to look over your inventory of quotes that you like, one either you use in your organization or you just use personally, what's your favorite? I think I struggle with the word favorite because there's so many. So what I do is I change the tagline on my email. And right now it's Marcus Aurelius. Oh man, he's full of those. But what's hitting me right now in this moment is a Joseph Campbell quote. And I'm going to butcher it, but what I'm hearing and resonates with me is, The privilege of a lifetime is being who you are, I think is what it is. And it's just, how do you not resonate with that, right? Like, it's just amazing. If I was to talk to your colleagues and the folks in Woman and says, what's the one thing that Carrie does better than anybody on the planet? What would they say? Oh, actually, a lot of women have told me this. And they said, Carrie, I cannot help but be in your presence when you are in your zone to be inspired and want to change the world. It's almost like I have this ability to transfer my energy by me being in line with my true self and then being in the presence with someone. 
they're going to leave, walk away a little energized. And I also think this element of joy, like my whole life is just about to be joyful and in connection, right? And school starts tomorrow. No, Monday. Monday for the kids. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! (laughs) Well, Carrie, with that in mind, it's a true pleasure to get to spend time with you and chat about the growth of this new member Mm. uh, woman. And we look forward to reconnecting in the future on another podcast and hear about success in other markets. Absolutely. And if I may share my deepest and sincerest gratitude for you and this work and this action that you're taking to capture all of this and creating the legacy, my sincerest gratitude and appreciation. Most welcome. (laughs) 